You are listening to a White Phosphorus Pictures podcast. Broadcasting under the night sky from the edge of an undisclosed jungle on the Gulf of Mexico, I'm Christopher Garitano, your voice in the night. For the next hour, allow me to be your guide into the bizarre unknown, the fantastic macabre, and together we'll journey to that borderland between fiction and reality, a place beyond all rational explanation. We are now off to the witch. Just gather around and I'll elucidate on what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. There's things with horns and saucer eyes, some with fangs about this size. Some are fat and some are thin. And some don't even wear their skin. Oh, I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight. See what goes on Halloween night. When spooks are having a jamboree, they break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's a kind on Halloween night. But when he goes to jogging across the land, holding noggin in his hand. Demons take one look and groan and hit the road for far to know. Beware, take care, he rides alone. And there's no spook like Spooked Spurs. They don't like him and he's really burned. He swears to the longest day he's dead. He'll show them that he can get ahead. They say he's tired of his flaming top. He's got a yen to make a swap. Oh, he rides one night each year to find a head in the hollow here. Now he likes them little, he likes them big. Or in the middle or awake. Black or white or even red. The headless horseman, he's ahead with a hip, hip, and a clippity-clop. He's out looking for a cotton chop. So don't stop to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. Now, if you doubt this tale is so, I met that spook just a year ago. Now, I didn't stop for a second look. Made for the bridge that spans the brook. But once you cross that bridge, my friend, the throw his power in. So when you're riding home tonight, make for the bridge with all your might. He'll be down in the hollow there. He needs your head. Look out! Beware! With a hip, hip, and a clippity-clop. He's, He's down, down looking for a head to swap. So don't try to figure out a plan. You 
Happy Halloween! That was from the 1949 animated ghost story The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Walt Disney. The character of Brom Bones sang by Bing Crosby is doing his best to scare the hell out of the lanky schoolmaster Ichabod Crane before his long dark ride home. Eventually, he's confronted by a specter named the Headless Horseman. To me this animation and of course Irving's story are the epitome of Halloween night. We all have the desire to dip our proverbial toe into the unknown, but most of us stick to the rule of always being careful not to get too close. Tonight you'll hear stories of several people that broke that rule, looked too deep into the unknown until it decided to look back. And sometimes it spoke back, and other times it got even closer. So get comfortable, grab a pumpkin ale, an apple cider or whatever keeps you company and join me for the Off to the Witch Halloween special. I'll return after this commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> Halloween Toys R Us doesn't miss a trick, and the prices are a treat. We've got costumes for all Toys R Us kids, even grown-ups, and loads of candy, makeup, masks, and more. Toys R Us will make your Halloween supernatural. <laughs> Welcome back to Off to the Witch, our Halloween special 2023. And um, tonight's a little different. So what I decided to do is now I have probably a couple of hundred hours of recordings, uh, video, audio, and archive stuff uh, for a haunting we will go. 
couple of hundred hours going to be edited down to a feature length chapter, which I'm in the post-production process right now. And very soon you're going to get to see a new preview trailer and a scene from the actual episode. Um, it'll be released in probably the second quarter of 2024. And uh, because it's in the very late post-production stages and it has to go through a delicate process of uh, solidifying the final piece. But to celebrate Halloween, I decided I have so much of this stuff and it's great stuff and obviously not all of it's going to be in the episode. So some of it will be on the Patreon and tonight I decided because I had so many different devices recording so many different perspectives and different stories from our subjects and there are many subjects in a haunting we will go. And there are various haunted locations but two main locations. One of which is the May Stringer Mansion which I've interviewed Bonnie Letourneau and she is one of the guests tonight but she offers a bit of a different perspective on hauntings than I've shown but first and just like my other television shows um, you know this story gets a little personal uh, my brother Jeff lives with his wife Aubrey in a house that is haunted and um, there's a man that died there uh, Mr. Everett Okay, we've done some research on him, and it's actually a, a very real situation where the man fell, hit his head, horrible wound, and panicked and was essentially, you know, he's mortally wounded and he was dying. And he died alone in that house. So since my, my brother and sister-in-law moved in, uh, in fact, it was my sister-in-law's house before she met my brother, and there are many people that have had experiences in that house. So I decided, and they were reluctant to be part of this, but I decided to ask them and get them to trust me with this. My full intention was to make a very serious, very um, honest perspective on a haunting. And there's a lot of activity in that house. Now, a haunting we will go is not your typical ghost show. Um, you know, I grew up with things that intrigued me, that sparked my intellect and scared me. You know, they spooked me out. So I wanted to make something like that. And essentially, A Haunting We Will Go is the ultimate Halloween special. But there's some great ghost stories in there and some fantastic documentary perspectives on the locations. So what you're about to hear is a walkthrough um, and my first interview, because there's a few and there's several different scenarios and you'll see in the, in the chapter, I don't want to give everything away now, but this is the very first walkthrough interview that I did with Jeff and Aubrey in their home in regard to the ghost, Mr. Everett. But there's also a perspective that there might be more than one. So have a listen. So, uh, my understanding of it is, you know, he was an older gentleman living in the house by by himself. Um, his uh, wife had passed, you know, sometime before. I'm not sure exactly. So um, he had had some health issues and uh, he was in the back uh, master bedroom. Um, and something happened where he slipped and fell in that bathroom and hit his head. So apparently, you know, he, he must have tried to get help. And this story came from one of our neighbors had told us he was one of the first people on the scene that had found him. 
So um, apparently he had fallen, hit his head, and you know it was a it was a gruesome scene from what our neighbor had told us. There was blood down the hallway, so he must have tried to crawl and get the help, and you know wound up passing. Uh, and then they found him actually uh, on Halloween and uh, brought in you know ambulance in and the EMTs uh, at that point. So, so I bought the Jesus house first. in December of two thousand and nine. Okay, and and then. I moved in about eight years ago. Eight years ago. Yeah. Okay. So from the time that you lived here to the time that you met Jeff and when Jeff moved in, did you ever experience anything in the house? Yes, definitely. All right. Can you tell me about it? Um, first time I saw something <clears throat> enough to startle me and recognize that it was a silhouette of some sort was in the corner of the mirror over here. I was letting the dogs out, and out of the corner of my eye, there was something there. <laughs> Somebody was, it was a ref, almost as if it was a reflection of, of something. Else in the room. I was by myself, there was no one around, and I was like, wait, it was first in the morning, and I thought, okay, my eyes just need to, you know, waken up. And, it, but it startled me enough to recognize that, that there was a, a something over in that corner. Something, how many mornings? I mean, it's just a normal morning, right? You walk normal in Normal morning, letting morning. the dogs out. It was about, probably about two months after I had moved in. Right. Um, again, that was, that was, so this now was probably in February-ish of 2010. Um, but it was enough to, I was home alone with the dogs, and it was enough first thing in the morning to recognize something was there. There was something... Besides what I just saw at the corner of my eye, I could just feel something. I remember when you told me the story, you said you felt like hairs on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. Sure. I did. And it just, when I told him this story, he was like, yeah, okay, maybe, you know, we'll see. And um, mm -hmm. then the second time it happened um, to me was in another part of the house. Well, okay. And, and when it happened here, this is something I'm really fascinated by. Like what Jeff was just saying is that you feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. I've heard that thousands of times, but that's really in particular to like having a unique experience that I don't think everybody in the world has. Mm -hmm. And now we see all these ghost hunting shows and everybody says they, they, they experience something yeah, in every house yeah. they walk into. But I think it's more rare than that. And, you know, that's really what I'm getting at is like, I want to explore that human experience that when you walk in a room on a normal morning how many years had you lived here i had only been here a few months a few months at that point that was the, at the first time but you had come in here just about every morning in that every morning period. in that yes and so it was just that morning now at that point did you know anything about the history of the house i did okay so you, i did and we'll, we'll learn about that but so you knew that somebody had expired in the house. yes i knew that and and believe it or not um i had a conversation with that <laughs> that person um, and said, "When I moved in, you can we can coexist, um, but please don't show yourself in the middle of the night standing over me in the bedroom as I'm sleeping." <laughs> I said, "But we can coexist." Um, and I had found a few items in the house behind things or deep in cabinets that were his or that were his wife's. Um, and I kept those and I made sure each time I found something and I kept it, I told him I was keeping it um, and how much I appreciated his home. And anytime I would change something, I hoped that he would like it. Um, 
What just, compelled you to do that? Did you really feel, had you heard there were any experiences before? You can come in a little closer too. I just, I knew what had happened and I'd never experienced, I knew what had happened that he had passed away in the, in the home and I'd never known of any home that I lived in that someone specifically passed away in. Um, so, you know, believing it or not believing it, I just wanted to make sure he knew we could coexist. Um, but just, I'm a big chicken and I hate, I'm scared to death of the dark. I'm I just, please don't scare me, Mr. Everett. <laughs> it made you feel better to say it out loud. It made me feel better to say it out <laughs> sure. loud. And, and again, to, to keep certain items of his too, to let him know, you know, I'm not here to make crazy changes to your house. I appreciate your house. I appreciate what you did to the house before, you know, I had the opportunity to purchase it. Another thing I'm fascinated by is that both of you have not told all members of our family about this. A lot of people didn't know. I knew because you told me. Yeah, yeah. It's more when it comes up in conversation. Sure. You know. So in other words, you're not you're not exploiting this. This is something that I feel is very real no. that you've experienced. Yeah. Here. Well, you know, we we talked about the hairs on the back of your neck, and you know, there's times when you're you're alone, at least for me, and you feel like you saw something, but it might have been a shadow, and you don't have that feeling. And then there's times where something happens, and you have that feeling on top of thinking. You saw somebody behind you or you felt something. To me, that's when you start adding things up. It starts making me ask more questions and wondering, did we really have a ghost in the house? Did we not? You know, I'm open to it, but I'm the type of person who wants to see proof before I can ultimately say, yes. that's what it is. Sure. You know, strange yeah. things have happened in this house yes. to me. I can't explain them. I I've looked for answers yeah. to some of them, so I'm open-minded to what they could be. Sure. And, you know, and just recently, too... Um, you're talking about that feeling of presence and something, you know, hair on the back of your neck. My mom was here watching the dogs for us. And this was recently, a few months ago, she saw the same thing again. And she's already had an experience in the other part of the house um, before that happened. But this just recently, a few months ago, she was letting the dogs out for us. She was dog sitting and she saw a complete person being there you couldn't make out the face or if it was man or woman but it was an adult grown human being mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe and, and where did she see him right just over here on this right, side of the room place, place we're gonna go to jeff's story we're gonna go to mm -hmm. everything and i just so i mean do you believe that there's well, a ghost here you i'm open-minded to it let's put it that way i, I won't say 100 percent that that's what's here and that's probably why we don't talk about it a lot you know because i don't know for sure what it is yeah but also I look at it this way is it's not something that's happening daily. Sure. You know, in my eight years here, I could say there's probably been about five or six significant things that I could say that was weird. And I right. couldn't explain why it or how it mm -hmm. happened. So if you think if you came in here with devices and stuff like you see in the ghost hunting shows, you think you fix something? Up? <laughs> well, I mean, does that stuff work? I don't know. Like Maybe. that's just somebody saying this device is telling me there's a ghost here. But what's the science behind I, the device? Exactly. You no, know, I appreciate the that's question. That's the way I look at I'm it. I'm asking the same I, questions yeah, yeah. too. And I, you know, and that's why I'm open-minded to it. You know, I'm open-minded. If somebody had a device they wanted to come in here and set up and do it, I'd sure. let them do it. Just going to bring in a then explain the science to me. What what what's making that noise tell you it's a ghost? There's a guy <laughs> that I know who has those devices. Okay, and I think he he's a nice guy, and I think we could maybe bring him here. But the other person I wanted to bring here was someone called a uh, a trance medium, mm -hmm. and apparently she can communicate with the dead. Okay. And as long as it's okay with you, I'd like to do it. Yeah. Again, sure. op I'm open-minded. You know, I I'm not saying it's one thing or another. I just know some weird stuff has happened. 
Yeah. Right. And, and what what could that weird stuff be? Like if if you if it's not a ghost. And I always ask this question too. This we're is, so we're not far from the airport. We're over a flight path sometimes. The door rattling, which was a couple of my incidents, could have been explained by that. But that same day where one of it was crazy, where the door was shaking, I went and asked my neighbor who was home at the same time, did she hear that plane go over? And she said no. And I didn't hear a plane, but I was just trying to look for what it could have been. So I thought maybe if a plane came over the house in its path to the airport, that could rattle it and make the door... I didn't think that's what it was, but I was sure. open-minded to it. it could have been that. But right. when she said no, she didn't hear that. I said, did you hear that plane? What was it, a bomber? Because we're also not far from McDill Air Force Base. So we get a lot of military flight, you know, back and forth. What does your area. instinct tell you? My instinct tells me I have no clue what it was. But it's definitely something out of the order. Very yeah. extremely. And when I get deeper into the story with you on how it happened, it's really hard okay. to explain. What I thought was the perfect explanation, which was one of the dogs laying out there scratching and banging on the door was impossible because when I opened the door, nothing was there. Yes. Right. And, and I mean, it didn't have time to run. Yeah, I would. I walked out to the other side of the house and the dog was sleeping on the other yeah. side of the house. So my, what I thought it was in the moment, no way it could have been that. And we're going to go through all that. And, and Years before case, he moved in, the same exact thing happened right. to me and to my mother. So before so I even consistent. knew him. It's been that it's door, same, my office door. Yes. Yeah, the, the same door. Slash office, that room. <laughs> I just like to think it's Mr. Everett here, and he just doesn't <laughs> want to be locked in the back bedroom. He wants sure. his freedom. <laughs> yeah. the, Since clearly we think we've seen him here. My mother was the last encounter, yeah. and that was in May of 2021. Yeah, for me it's been a couple it's been a couple of years. I have well actually no, I take that back. I've had something weird about eight months oh, ago or so door, with the garage door. Yes. <laughs> so the garage door, which never swings on its own, Ever. was standing still. I was in there, that's where our laundry room is. I was doing some laundry, and all of a sudden I saw the door opening. And again, was, you think it's it the dog pushing point. the door. Yeah, thought it was Nothing. a dog. They it were was, outside. They were outside. So yeah, just we, that was the last weird thing that happened. It wasn't that long ago. So. Pretty amazing. But stuff. before that, it was a couple of years. And just to touch on this one more time, you walked into this room. You came, normally just coming in. What were you doing? I walked through the, the doors here mm -hmm. and was taking the dogs out. The bathroom, this door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as I came in, right, as I, as yeah, this slider wasn't there. The so this was thing. my only way out. So I was coming to let the dogs out this way, like we did every morning. And the pocket doors were closed for the first six months that I owned the property mm -hmm. because I kind of used this as my storage unit and would slowly move into the rest of the house. So these doors were always closed. It wasn't the family room at that point. So I opened the doors and as I turned the corner of the doors and now there's boxes and stuff over here because right. again, it was Still my storage in, unit yeah. recently okay. moved in. And as I came around the corner out my left eye, my peripheral vision saw something over there. I opened the doors, let the dogs out and turned back over my left shoulder and it was still there. And, what was and I what blinked was at the time, and then finally I was like, "You're crazy." It was a human form. It absolutely, absolutely. You couldn't make size, out the face. The size of it, it, like was the, of it. Uh, it was a. It was a. It was a grown was it adult. Dark in here? It was dark it in was here. Dark. Yes, no lights were on. It was probably about six thirty, seven in the morning. 
did you think for a second maybe someone broke in the house or someone was standing there? No, I thought I was crazy and I okay. just wasn't seeing stuff, like that I still had stuff in my eyes. Was it in the room <laughs> or in the mirror? It was in the mirror. It was in the mirror. It was in the so, mirror. Oh, wow. So, which would it's mean a reflection of some yeah, sort, yeah. potentially. I don't know. It's it's strange to think about. You know, we don't tell many people because we, yeah, we... She doesn't watch horror movies. So I, putting that plant sure. in her head of, oh, oh I saw that it. in a movie, which we watch. Yeah. Right. yeah we're gonna be so our, ma our imaginations yeah. were built yeah. on yeah. horror movies. That's what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to extract that. So, but she wasn't. She didn't watch any of that stuff as no. a kid or even as an adult. I can't get her to sit down and watch a horror movie. Back but to saying I was scared. You know there's something happening. You're both touching on that. Exactly. Yes. And it's happened to both of us at separate times, you know, years apart. You know, it's just weird things that, like I said, can't be explained. It's not a scary feeling. I always thought that ghosts potentially because of horror movies, which, again, I'm scared of everything, that with horror movies, ghosts were always bad. <laughs> so I've kept my mind open to this, that if this is it is another person here, that's totally fine because they're not scaring me. Well, see, I'll, they I'll could agree. have a field day with me, hiding around things and jumping <laughs> out. I'm the easiest yeah, scare. Yeah, she jumps easy. But so, she had me a little creeped out. So when we first started dating before I moved so, in, she told me the story of oh, Mr. Right, Everett okay. so and that she simple. saw something in the house. And there were times where we'd be out here watching TV and the bathrooms are on the other side of the house. I'd go back there and it'd be dark and I'd get myself creeped out. Sure. Like when we were kids and we'd have to run up the basement stairs. Right. Remember oh, that? Yeah. We talk about because that all I the time. Like Lights are out, move yeah. fast. Yeah. How did you when you first saw him? It was a little creepy because that was my first, my only really experience of that. Um, but again, didn't I had already had a conversation with him a couple of times not to freak me out because I'm scared of everything. And um, so it didn't really, it made me feel like something, someone was there, but not, I wasn't scared, which I would have always thought a ghost, you know, only comes out at night and it's going to sure. scare the crud out of you. Well, um, it still seems to have some uh, similarities so, to the horror yeah. films. I mean, you walk yeah. in a room and you see them in the mirror. And yeah. It's like, I yeah, know, we've seen exactly. That. We've seen that yeah. in, in these movies. So, it comes from something, these ghost stories. like any other boy, but as the moon rose, he turned into a werewolf. He used new Pa's Halloween makeup kit. His friends did too. Look, Mike's a vampire. Amy's a ghost. Pa's makeup is safer than masks. It never blocks vision and it's hypoallergenic too. So watch your kids turn into the creatures they really are with new Pa's Halloween makeup kit. You've seen all kinds of movies, but you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. Let's do the time warp again. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird.
they're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. It's fabulously freaky. It's a trip to transsexual Transylvania. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Transsexual Transylvania. The story is strange. For tonight is the night that my beautiful creature is destined to be born. The songs are super. The scenery is smashing. The cast is completely crazy. This isn't the Junior Chamber of Commerce, Brad. There's a mad scientist named Frank N. Furter. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. And Rocky, his incredible creature. with a bad crowd, but it was worse than I imagined. A sinister servant named Riff Raff. I remember doing the time war. And Brad and Janet. My name's Brad Majors. Just a couple of clean-cut kids. This is my fiance, Janet Weiss. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I wanna be dirty. Eddie. Magenta. When shall we return to Transylvania, huh? Columbia. <laughs> Dr. Scott. Great Scott! So give yourself over to absolute pleasure. Don't See the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Davises have had a baby, but they're not sending out any announcements. Most new parents are a little scared when they have a baby. The Davises are terrified. You see, there's only one thing wrong with the Davis baby. It's alive. It's alive. Don't see it alone. Please. Rated PG. to the witch halloween special i'm your host christopher garitano and our second interview tonight is with bonnie letourneau now she is the caretaker of the may stringer mansion in brooksville florida brooksville actually is a place i don't know if anyone's ever seen it but the horror film by bob clark who ended up directing black christmas and um a christmas story actually later on two very different types of genres. Uh, he directed a movie called Death Dream. 
and it's the same town where Death Dream was shot. So just for you know, a little horror trivia there. But Bonnie, Bonnie is the caretaker of the May Stringer Mansion. It's notoriously haunted. It's one of the profile locations in a haunting we will go. And um, she has some fascinating stories and a perspective of her own. You know, she grew up as, uh, I guess you could say, a psychic kid. She dealt with a lot when she was a child. And it was at a time where if you were having psychic experiences and you were having uh, supernatural perspectives, you may have been labeled as crazy. So when she was growing up, it wasn't as celebrated as it is today. And I, I, I'm sure it's safe to say it's celebrated. We're celebrating it right now on this show. So here is a bit of Bonnie's story, which you will see quite thoroughly in a haunting we will go but this is directly from one of her interviews um, and we I think I shot maybe a matter of five in different scenarios with Bonnie here's an excerpt from one of Bonnie's interviews inside the haunted mansion the May Stringer house the first few were pretty shocking and I had to decide right then and there do I continue doing this or do I bail right now and I decided that this house was so worth it. And I just kept going from there. I, I, I'm curious about this because I've been having, since we've been shooting this episode, and, I, and this isn't to sensationalize anything, I've, I've been having some weird dreams. And I always have bizarre dreams. But in this case, a lot of them are related to haunted locations. And it could just be echoes of how involved I am in, in, in constructing this episode I wonder sometimes if I am picking up on some kind of Oh, absolutely. And it comes in different ways. It, it just, for you, it was in a dream. Um, for me, I just get a jolt. That's what I call it. And I just know something's going to happen or something just happens. And I, I, I knew that. I don't so, know how else to Do you feel like you're it. picking up hitchhikers? You know, like uh, ghost hitchhikers, as uh, Disney's Haunted Mansion says. <laughs> well, um, interestingly enough, there's a, a portrait in the dining room of a gentleman that um, I've been told he rides with me all the time back and forth to the museum at night because he thinks ladies should not be unescorted. And he just rides home with me to make sure I get there, and then he comes back. And it's, you know, and again, I've asked you this before, but it's, I'll ask again in this format. Um, you know, do you ever feel a nefarious presence at May Stringer? No. Um, very little negativity here. This is a pretty happy house. Um, there's some people that are cranky, but I would not call them negative. They just, they were cranky in life, and guess what? They're cranky in death, too. So in other words regarding that spectrum of human personality. Uh, th so then there could be brutal spirits, evil spirits even. Not here. I don't want to meet any of them, <laughs> absolutely not. But yeah, you're probably right. And, and if something terrible happened to a person, yeah, they're going to relive that over and over again. Sure. Do you, and do you feel like, and these are certain aspects I'm exploring, Young people tend to get into the occult because it's interesting to them. You know, I did when I was a kid. I was interested in ghosts and hauntings and then even further, like looking into, because, you know, the whole the section at the library would have everything from haunted ghost stories, haunted mansions, haunted houses to 
black magic. You know, they would have these books on voodoo and black magic and all of the stuff was so fascinating because it's the mystery of life. It's the mystery of, of history in different cultures. And however, I've learned over the years that when people dabble in that stuff, it seems to open up a doorway to more. Absolutely. To, absolutely. So do you believe it can invite? Um, oh, absolutely. I remember when um, my oldest son was 13, he and his cousin were up in his bedroom one day and they came running downstairs and the two of them looked like they'd seen a ghost. And I said, what have you been doing? And they said, we, we snuck a Ouija board in the house, mom, and I think we opened up something. And that, that was it for them. They were, they were good boys after that, but um, it, it, was, it started with two kids being curious and ended up rather badly for them. So. Doesn't it blow your mind that, you know, I don't know if it was at Hasbro, not Hasbro, but Parker Brothers or something, somebody who made, a, one mass production company made the Ouija board and it was spread all over the country and the world in every toy store. Um, and that's in the 80s, you know, we picked it up as kids and it was like, it was right there and toys yeah. around. Yeah, everybody, you know, I don't think anyone really realized the dangers involved in that. Um, it was also a big deal back in the Victorian era, the late 1800s, uh, sure, seances and fake mediums and, you know, everybody wanted to know what it was like to communicate with the dead and all of this. And it's, it's something that human beings have always been curious about. That's, see, and that's, that's another thing that's kind of held me captive in this exploration because we've always had these fascinations. I was reading about Harry Price, you know, ghost hunter, like for turn of the 20th century, it was like. Uh, and people like that. They all existed way back then. You know, this ghost or the idea of ghost hunting isn't anything new. And one, I think it might be, um, obviously it's about exploring our mortality and that there have been ghost stories throughout human history. The other is, um, you know, it's this, it's this incredible mystery. It'll always be a mystery. What I'm getting at is, I start to see technology being introduced now to a point where it might even enhance and change human beings as we know it, possibly within our lifetime, certainly within the next millennium. And I wonder how are we going outside of looking back at history and as a curiosity of, you know, the past version of humans, how are we going to look at ghost stories? And my imagination goes wild at the prospects, because of course, we're gonna have like a virtual world we're gonna live in half the time. I mean, all of this is really coming. And I don't know how much I'm even embracing that because you know we have such a short period of time being alive as humans, I don't wanna change into anything else. I do wanna explore this you know, for as much as I can. Do you believe that if human beings were to change, uh, and this is an interesting question, if they were to change, let's say we were gonna incorporate all of this stuff into our brains, somewhat become cybernetic, almost nothing like we are now, because we are of the flesh and, and, and the soul. And right. could, could a human being, and this is just your opinion or your, your thoughts on it, could a human being lose their soul once they change into whatever this thing is? Oh God, I hope not. Same. Absolutely not. And And, for what we do here, we're preserving the past. And the past is where I'm comfortable. 
So I would retreat to the past rather than go with the nanotechnology of today. Um, but I can see it coming. And in some ways, it, it would be good if it saved someone's life to have a mechanism installed in their body that, sure. you know, would prolong their life. That That's one thing. But as far as losing our humanity, humanity our, our soul, soul yeah. no. Right, because not. we lose so much with it. I think we lose individuality. Absolutely. Uh, we, there's, there's so many people, so many great minds that have talked about our flaws being the things that made them who they are. Uh, you know, and, and there was this list of amazing people throughout history that had all of these ailments and all of these issues that they um, inadvertently would rise above their ailment. Mm -hmm. uh, it would encourage them to be greater. And stronger and smarter. Yeah, absolutely. How much of us would be gone if we were to make this transition? And, and it's sad to think that we would lose all this folklore lose all ghost stories, lose our interest, uh, this, this innate interest in history and this fascination that we have with our mortality, you know, this fascination that we have with our mortality, that, that we would lose that. It's something I'm very curious about and it's something I'll explore towards the end of this. On the other end of things, I do see the positive aspects of it. It's just, um, to me, it's at the very least, it's more interesting to be human and to be mortal because we, we don't know where we're going next. I believe there is a place, and I don't wanna interfere with that process. I don't wanna become something else before I have a chance to make that transition to wherever that is, you know? With, so getting to that a little bit further, your experiences here throughout the seasons and throughout the years, it's now you know, moving towards the holiday season in December. Um, you, you have these, is it, it's a comforting experience. It makes you want to come back. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Does it also assure you that there is, or convince you that there is life after death? Well, for me, it is. Um, I can't speak for everyone, but the very idea that there's something beyond is something that human beings have, have wanted to know or wanted to be assured of that there's life after death. Uh, and that goes back to the beginning of time. We've, we've always wanted to be comforted with that thought, I think. And being here and having the experiences that I've had personally um, reassures me that there is life after death. We've had those clues and those messages from beyond throughout history as well, throughout human history. There's so many credible witnesses, so many good people like yourself and everything from doctors to presidents to warriors to historians, um, writers of fiction. All of these people have uh, people who work in hospitals, people, who, you know, my mother had an experience. She was a nurse. Um, you know, I, I grew up with ghost stories and it's like, I think these are messages to let us know there's something else. Why else would they communicate with us? Why else would we see these things? And to reassure sure. us sure. that, first of all, that they're fine and that they're in a better place. And I think a lot of times they, they try to communicate with the living, the ones they've left behind that are grieving and so forth, that I'm okay and it's, it's wonderful on this side. Sure. Why is it that you think with all of these messages, that there's still so many people that doubt 
even their own experiences. I know, I know. Um, people who claim they're atheist or agnostic, uh, that's an intellectual thing for them. They, they are operating with reason, you know, and reason tells them that that can't possibly be. When the human body dies, that's the end until they come up against a life-threatening situation. And I think you find that a lot of them, all of a sudden, they're praying. They're praying to God right. or whatever deity that they believe in. But all of a sudden, all that's out the window no, and oh, please God, God save, save my life. Sure. It seems like people get convinced because something is, is uh, even physically tangible. They were physically able to analyze it, that they've now denied experiences that they have with their senses, their other senses that are quite reliable. They explained it away. Sure. And why? Is it that we're taught to do that? Absolutely. From day one, we're taught there, there's no monster in the closet, there's nothing under your bed, and so on and so forth. So starting with little children who are wide open, that they are told consistently by adults this this isn't you know this isn't really happening uh there's no such thing as a monster or a ghost or whatever and you build you build up the walls as you grow older so that you can shut it out you can you can not experience it anymore you can explain it away whatever you need to do there's sometimes and not to get into conspiratorial arenas, but it's like we're, we're taught to almost shut down all of those things. Yes. Even our so-called psychic abilities, like which we've all had those experiences. Why, why do we not? This, this is a good question, because I've explored in some of my other chapters how the government has put a lot of money into funding psychics for warfare. I mean, they've done, done that a lot. But they're not telling the public right. that, are they? No. <laughs> Yes. And so, but we're taught it's for entertainment purposes only, and all of these experiences are, but we seem to discover that there really are factions of higher government and leadership that are, are truly looking into these things. And all our the brains time. have such a capacity that we're, we're, the average person only uses, what, what do they say, a tenth of their brain? Yeah. And... The government knows that, and they develop that. They cultivate that. Um, and when they find a uh, sensitive person, sure. they they encourage them to unleash some of this brain power that they have, that, that we really all have. We just don't, don't know how to use it. Do you think at some point the um, this will all be revealed, that maybe people who are holding these things back from us would release them. We're coming to that. Yeah. Because people aren't accepting with blind faith anymore whatever propaganda they're fed. Okay. People are really starting to question that. And I think the I've met so many paranormal investigators, um, everything from weekend warriors to, you know, genuinely dedicated hunters. And they're the ones who can see that there's so much more to what's going on in this world, that there are things going on right around us at all times that we're just, 
we've shut down. We're not we're not seeing that. Our perception is is limited. And once you've investigated or had that experience, you realize, oh my, there's way more to this. Experts at Magic Manor have everything you'll need this year, including actual character masks from famous motion pictures. And they can show you the proper application of makeup to impress that special someone. Magic Manor's professional hand-painted custom masks start as low as $2.50. This Halloween, remember Magic Manor. Wigs, masks, makeup, costumes, shockingly authentic. Magic Manor, East Wind Mall. dark of the night, something strange is going on. You see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? Sure. They ship those bodies. Well, say hello. The dead. Risen from the grave. Mister, there's a hundred of those things out there. How many did you say? A hundred? And now the question is, how do we get them back into the ground? Bert, Frank, we have a little problem. Ah, four left, ten right. Ah, Because technically, you're not alive. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. How do you kill something that's already dead? Well, how do I know, Fred? I don't know. Let me think. It's not a bad question, Bert. In that movie, they destroyed the brain to kill him. Is that what they did? The brains, right. Brains. Cops. It worked in the movie! Well, it ain't working now, Frank! The movie's live! 
It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. It's not a bad question, Bert. Do you the return of the living dead. back to your first experience can you tell me what that was again oh the the little girl upstairs sure. yeah um, I was I was a newbie here and this is early days this is before there were all these ghost hunting programs on TV it wasn't a rage at the moment and it was my third weekend volunteering here uh, the museum was getting ready to close it was three o'clock and I was sitting in the entryway and I sent my nine-year-old daughter upstairs to turn out the lights. Now, I could hear her sneakers going from room to room, but I heard a second set of footsteps. And these were little shoes going, pat, 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 pat. And pretty soon, my daughter's sneakers are going really fast. And she came tearing down that front staircase and looked at me and said, Mama, don't ever make me go anywhere in this house by myself again. I said, sweetheart, I won't. I, I heard footsteps. She said, never mind that, there's a little girl upstairs, and she was grabbing the back of my leg. And we both were like, okay, so welcome to the May Stringer House. This is at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know? So to this day, does she still talk about that story, that experience? She has learned to block because I never realized that she saw spirit as much as she did. Um, she had told me once when she was 18 months old that the, um, the reason she fell out of her crib was because the shadow people were all around it and she needed to get away. Yeah. And after that, I was always um, like that as a child too. But again, I was raised to believe that none of this existed, that it was all in my head. And, you know, I didn't, wasn't seeing. If you don't mind me asking, were your, were your parents and the people that raised you, uh, your uncles, aunts, uh, were very, they very, very religious or? Uh, they were religious. I mean, we went to church every Sunday, but. I, I was just curious, um, because I grew up with a lot of religion and, um, you know, ghost stories were part of my heritage, you know, and even folklore in my home. Uh, I had a cousin that died horribly in a, an accident, very young she was. And so my mother had inherited one of her sweaters. So she put on her sweater, and this is the dead of winter. Uh, windows obviously shut closed um, in the daytime. Snow was falling. And she put the sweater on, and the bedroom door where she was standing in the mirror just slammed shut, and it got freezing cold in the room. So my mother told stories like that always. And I'm wondering, did you grow up with ghost stories like that or you were told no. not to? Okay. No, it was the exact opposite. No such thing. Um, and most children, you know, when they're growing up, there's no such thing as ghosts. There's no monster under the bed, you know, that, that philosophy so that um, you begin to build the walls, you, the denial, the, you shut it off. Did they ever give you a reason why they felt that way? 
Not really. Um, when I was six, uh, I was having terrible nightmares and they took me to a psychiatrist and he came up with, with several different things. But what it was, was I was, I was dreaming about, I think it was my father. It was a, it was a male figure, but, uh, that was, they didn't know how else to handle it in those days, sure, you know? Sure. I mean, they were good old fashioned country folk. And I, I know what you're saying because there were some kids that weren't allowed in my home when I was a kid because my parents encouraged these things. So I could see their parents saying, well, we don't want. <laughs> They're, they were going home and telling stories. <laughs> I know, my parents would tell everybody the ghost stories and then we'd have kids sleep over and they'd be crying in the middle of the night because now they're spooked and they don't, you know, they want to leave. So um, it's weird, to, you know, but it, it's wonderful how you retained your perspective. You knew you had these experiences and you right. know you're having them now. And you're not the only person that has had them in this home. Oh gosh, no, no. So um, it's gotten to the point where I firmly believe because because I do so many different things here, um, everything from scheduling all the night tours to being the cleaning lady. I'm here a lot. I'm here by myself, and they're very comfortable with me, and they know that I'm a caregiver. And there, I, I look at my situation here as there are those of us, the members, you know, of the museum, um, we take care of it. We're, we're here to make sure that it stays the way it is and that it's preserved and so forth. And then we have the visitors and that's the people who come for tours, the ghost hunters and so forth. And the house recognizes there's a difference between what I'm doing and what they're doing. I don't know how else to explain that. No, I, I um, understand. But it's comfortable with me, and the house, the house actually is looking out for me. That's how I feel. I feel very warm and protected here. And had you had any experience? You did when you were a child. You, um, we got that on audio. I want to get it on video. So had you... Did you have any experiences with ghosts before that in life? Shadow people when I was really little. And I was having, um, up until I was about six years old, I was having terrible nightmares. And my parents, being good, solid country folk, they, they don't, they don't encourage ghosts or anything like that. You know, we weren't brought up that way. Um, so they decided that there was something wrong with my brain and they took me to a psychiatrist and he came up with several reasons why I was having these terrible nightmares, but, uh, I was seeing things that, and, and I, to this day, I believe that, um, it was all based on my dad. It was a male figure that kept showing up in my dreams and, and scaring the light out of me. See back then. So this wasn't just one or two times. This was happening repeatedly. so repeatedly. And they just, they were at their wit's end. They didn't know what to do with me. I have a feeling that that was happening to you and many other people throughout the country and throughout the world for any of their guardians or parents that were denying the existence of something or didn't, or even if they felt they were trying to protect you. I have heard there is no such thing as a ghost. But you insisted 
you know, when you were a child. I'm seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did as well. At 14, I, I, no one can ever tell me that experience didn't, didn't happen. And so I'm, you know, I'm open to these stories, always have been. At first, it, you know, for me, it started with fiction because I hadn't had that experience yet. And I think sometimes my mind did play tricks on me, but then eventually I actually really, I know the difference because I know- And you feel it yeah. and, and the, the atmosphere becomes supercharged. Sure. When, when I know when, when it's coming, I can feel it. Um, and then of course, you know, certain entities in this house uh, embrace me and I embrace them back. Can you so, tell me about the ghosts in this house? Um, well, well, James, James is one of my favorites. That's a name I, I gave him. Um, he was the soldier from World War One, and he used to throw things when I'd come in the house. And one day I brought some guests here after hours and we came in the back door and um, a picture of Uncle Sam, it was a World War One poster, recruiting poster, and uh, very famous. He, he's pointing and saying, I want you. Well, it came flying off the wall right in front of me and crashed on the floor. And it broke the frame, it broke the glass. And uh, it wasn't the first time it had happened, but this time it was pretty violent. And um, so I got mad. And in front of my guests, uh, I start yelling at thin air. And I said, look what you did. You broke the thing. You, you, you can't be doing this. And one of my guests, a gentleman in his late 70s, grabs his chest his eyes are bugging right out. And he looked at me and he says, it's because you don't pay attention to him. Welcome back to the Off to the Witch Halloween special. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, Halloween is my absolute favorite time of year. I'm sure it's yours as well, and I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Um, so I'm going to be making the Off to the Witch Patreon available on Halloween itself, and I'll announce that through social media. If you're not following me on social media, check out my Instagram and my Facebook. It's Garitano7, G-A-R-E-T-A-N-O, number seven. And that's at Instagram and on Facebook. And you can keep up with all the news if you go to offtothewitch.com. And uh, there's going to be some press this week with a brand new trailer for A Haunting We Will Go. I decided against uh, making a quick season were rushing to just piece it together to have six to eight episodes and I decided to focus on one special at a time and so I have three in production right now one is a haunting we will go and it's being finished in post-production at the moment monsters among us is about I'd say 85% shot and a lot of it's edited and that'll be completed as well for next year and uh, I am in pre-production for the phantom killer and that is about a, uh, a mysterious masked murderer in the Texas-Arkansas border many years ago. And he was a lover's lane killer, 
and he would sneak up on people when they were parked, making out, and um, sneak into people's backyards. Real creepy guy. And I grew up, of course, watching a movie called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And um, I was terrified by it as a kid. And I learned that that was based on the true story of the Phantom Killer. So I've been obsessed with that story for quite a while. You know, he got away and he was never found. And I think the fact that he was at large was an even creepier situation. And it predated all of these masked slasher films. So I think, I think he was an inspiration for that. And um, so I, I have a unique perspective on it. And I had pitched the Phantom Killer originally as an episode for Strange World. You know, I pitched 30 and we were going to make eight. So out of the 30, we chose eight of my ideas. But um, the rest I am making for this series. They were my ideas and my concepts and uh, I have a passion for them. And so I am now making them as the Off to the Witch Presents series of documentaries. So to lead this episode out, I'm going to leave you with a few fantastic vintage advertisements and movie trailers, and um, I hope you have a happy Halloween. Stay tuned. Make Halloween fun with one-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind. Bubblegum, lollipops, fun-sized candy bars. Get this Halloween record. Sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth or Woolco. girlfriend you take care of her Night 
of the living dead, the dead who live on living flesh. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. adventure in fear. An experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night. Of the living dead. <laughs> 